Is there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. All right, before we get into a lot of the stories I want to talk with Dr. Rasha Bittar about, I mentioned I got a sneak peek preview to the two-hour first episode of A Global Quest. Dr. Bittar, you, my friend, are a rock star. I mean, it's an incredible lineup, credible array, but man, oh man, when you're delivering, dude, it's like lasers. Well done, my friend. I, I look forward to everybody seeing you. I have not, I have no idea what you're talking about. Except that you're talking about program, right? Yeah, the truth about cancer, a global quest, and and you were peppered all in the first episode. Gotcha. I haven't I haven't seen it, so I don't I don't even know. I I don't even remember what we talked about. We just we just taped for a whole day, so I don't remember all the stuff. But that's when we taped the mango stuff too, the same day. Right. And the only question I have is why can't you be this good when you're on with me? I have no idea, man. You know it's not because because the whole because Ty is not nearly as good as you. <laughs> well, the thing is, you know, we, we joke about it, but you're in the midst of a busy work day often. You're still at the office, and you just show up for work here. Because it is, it's work, but it's a mission. It's a labor of love. We, we love getting together to do this. I understand this evening you're out there, uh, you know, your friend has some, I don't know, some kind of restaurant. You're hanging out. You're having meetings and such. So I, I will forgive you if you didn't review any of the stories tonight. Well, this guy is actually a friend of mine. He's got one of the finest pizza places. He's got like five or six locations here in this area in Charlotte. And he was talking about actually making the food uh, more uh, healthy. It's already healthy, but he's concerned about the GMO ingredients in the food and by getting them from the suppliers, the raw ingredients. And so he's actually bringing in flour now from uh, Italy and, you know, making it. It's going to some extremes because he wants to take it to the next level, and the, and the stuff tastes incredible. I mean, all my, next time you hear Robert, you try it. It's not organic, but I'll tell you, it's it's fantastic how it tastes. And he wants to make it cleaner, healthier, uh, and that, those are some of the things we were talking about. So yeah, we just finished that meeting. In fact, the only reason we joined because uh, it was time for the show. So. All right. Well, listen, I, 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 you may, if he's getting it in non-GMO from Italy, it's going to be pretty clean as well. Uh, although, you yeah. know, there is a market for organic pizza now. There are some organic pizza places, so maybe you can make an organic pie. Or, or maybe I'll bring him some tomatoes uh, when, they're, when they're growing here because we've got a good garden growing out back. Well, this is the type of thing that, you know, more and more people are becoming interested in. It. It's, he, as an individual, as a business owner, is very cognizant of it and wants to provide that. Even though he's doing very well from a business standpoint, it's not like he's trying to create a niche. He's looking at yeah. it from, can I provide a better service to the customer? And, of course, nice. he's conscious about it himself because he, he, he his exact words were, so I can do something where I'm not in conflict. You know, see, we talked about mm-hmm. the conflict thing before when we talked about cancer, right? People that yep. live in conflict, whatever it is, he's eating organic himself. He finds healthy sources of um, meat. But when he's making the pizza, he knows it's not the same quality. And even though people love it and taste great, it's not the same quality. And so he's reducing that internal conflict. It's interesting how it's a full circle. You know, we come back to yeah. the issue of conflict and how that creates stress, which leads to cancer and heart disease and all these other things. 
when you live in your reality and you live in, in truth. Um, and this is what he's doing. He's saying that this, this stuff has allowed my daughter to go to school. It's allowed me to, you know, have the lifestyle I've had. But I want, I want to be more congruent with my own belief system now. So. Nice. And that is bringing that into alignment, mission, purpose, all of that prevents, if you will, disease as well as any, uh, let's say, better decision about exercising, diet, lifestyle, etc., cetera, uh, getting out of conflict with yourself, in fact. And, you know, of course, a lot of the pizza sauces, if they're commercial grade, often contain high fructose corn syrup with his genetically modified corn. So it isn't the, the, unless they're getting all the raw ingredients and controlling for that. Uh, which they can do, and some some places do. Uh, most of these chains do not, so that's great that your friend is really stepping up. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I agree. Well, last hour, uh, one of the stories we talked about was a study where they identified, I think, like 60 genes in a particular organism that they, they could turn off, and, and they found that one of the genes, in fact, allowed for a 60% longer lifespan. I thought, okay, well, what did they do it on, a mouse or something maybe semi-relevant? Well, no, it turns out it was a yeast organism. So a, a yeast can live 60% extra long, and I was thinking the women were going to be very upset by this. Not a good plan. Uh, but, but the reality is in the midst of that article, they said, uh, oh, well, you know, intermittent fasting. Caloric restriction has shown that to, to do the same thing. I'm thinking, well, hello, that could be a clue. Well, this is really interesting to bring this topic up because caloric restriction and, and the longevity studies, the age manager studies, as you know, with the product that we developed and released in 1998 called trans and, and the history behind that and all the stuff that was said with the IGF-1. And, you know, this is, this is something that I've got probably 20, 25,000 hours of work. And, and, and I've had numerous presentations that I've made over the last 17, 18 years uh, on this particular subject. So I can... I can tell you without any uncertainty whatsoever that caloric restriction is the only scientifically validated way of increasing lifespan. Now, there is some, there's one other thing, which is the ninth step in the, in the book. So I'll, I'll leave it at that for right now. But mm -hmm. it's what we found interesting that happens with caloric restriction. So I don't know whether we, I don't know what else you plan for the show, but we could do the whole show, Robert, on this particular topic because it is very intriguing and I think we prepared for this. How long? About um, zero seconds, correct? I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. But but again, you know, we look at this, and I say all of this is part of who we are, who you are. It's what you do. It's how you live your life. It's embedded, if I can say that, into your DNA and mine. Uh, and that's why we can just jump, boom, go. If we were put on stage right now, we'd have no shortage of an ability to do do some good work together. So uh, for that, yes. And this is a, a really critical topic because you got these weird scientists trying to isolate genes and turn them off, ignore epigenetics at the same time, acknowledge epigenetics within the same article. In fact, there's another article here. Uh, I believe this is uh, from Medical News Today. It said a man's life behaviors may impact grandchildren's health. So they're talking about a man before he has kids and grandkids, that what he does now will impact the offspring two generations from now. We know it's even longer wow. than that. But miasms, uh, inherited predispositions, oh, however you want to describe them. Yeah, generations and generations, absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting, too. That I, I don't know if it was the last week's show or two weeks ago when we talked about the exercise pill that they were trying to come up with, a pill that would give you the yes. benefits of exercise. Yeah, so, so these are some, I, I guess you could call them noble causes, but realistically, I think that we're going to end up 
uh, losing a lot of the things that the goal is. For example, when you take a fruit and you take out an extract of the fruit to get the desired benefit of that fruit, well, we don't realize, we think it's that one particular extract, we take it out and the, the fruit loses its benefit and then we are surprised, scratching our heads, why isn't it causing, why isn't this extract that comes from the fruit causing the same benefit by when we take the fruit? Well, it's because the fruit is a whole component. It comes back down to, you know, whole food nutrition. It's synergism mm-hmm. between all the different components in there and how it interacts with the body. And by separating it or, or isolating it, you lose some of the efficacy. So I think that if, if you're okay with it, can, I, can we talk about this longevity aspect and, and, and the IGFs and, and all this? Yeah, yeah, we got a couple of minutes before the first break, and we can continue. It's a fascinating okay. topic. We'll never run out, so carry on, my friend. All right. All right, so let's, uh, let's all sit around the fireside and let's tell the story. The story is about this species called man that wanted to find the eternal fount of youth. And so there has been quest after quest, thousands of years, where people have been looking at the source of uh, mortality, basically uh, endless life, right? They, they want to be immortal. And in the mid-1960s and then going on into the 70s and early 80s, somebody discovered that caloric restriction in insects, they repeated this in the mouse model, they repeated it eventually in the monkey model, they found that a 10% caloric restriction actually increased lifespan by 10% or so. And if you reduce caloric restriction by 20%, then you had approximately a 20% increase in lifespan. Now, this was in the, in the insect model and then the mouse model. So then when they went to the chimpanzee model or the monkey model, they saw a very similar correlation. Now, the joke was we're not really sure if people were living longer or because they were basically slowly starving to death, it just felt like life was longer. So you know, that was one <laughs> of the things that people laughed about. However, right. interestingly enough, there were some objective parameters measured during those caloric restriction studies, and there were four specific markers that were looked at. Those four specific markers were insulin-like growth factor, type 1, insulin levels itself, insulin, uh, um, cortisol levels, and growth hormone levels. And those four parameters were measured, and they were, they were reported, but it almost became something that, was, that the people forgot about because what the scientists found was that insulin, cortisol, and IGF-1 levels all went down, but growth hormone went up with caloric restriction. So in typical human fashion, because something goes down, it was thought to be irrelevant, and the one thing that went up, growth hormone, was isolated, and that's where the growth hormone craze began. Yeah, and it it was a dangerous craze, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely dangerous craze. So a scientist, a a physician, I believe he's from Michigan, uh, by the name of Rudman, was looking through these studies and decided to do a retrospective analysis and, and then went on to do his own study using growth hormone the one parameter that was increasing in caloric restriction, and published it in the New England Journal of Medicine. And this New England Journal of Medicine article is responsible for the craze, the modern-day craze, behind the use of injectable growth hormone. And so what they did was they started injecting people with growth hormone, and they started seeing some fascinating benefits. But what they didn't count on was an increase in cancer rates and an increase in other types of problems like acromegaly, which is uh, elongation of the bones, um, uh, epiphyseal plate, uh, premature closure, or, or combinations of uh, problems with how the bones were growing. They start seeing um, things such as 
cardiomegaly, which is an enlarged heart, carpal tunnel syndrome, many other types of problems that start being associated with the use of injectable growth hormone. So I hear yeah, this is coming a, on, so I know you'll take a break here in a second, right? Yeah, this is a fascinating backstory to how these things happen, and suddenly HGH becomes the thing everybody wants to inject. Anabolic steroids are good for you, right? They're not, and we know the reasons why, and we're going to reveal more of them with Dr. Rasha Bittar. It's advanced medicine, and we've got a lot more healing to go after this break. Live around the world, the Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott Bell. sense out of medical propaganda. Here's Robert. Remember to link through to the notes at robertscottbell.com. Take you to where we're going to be. You know, all the great sponsors that make this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty possible each week and six days a week. Also, uh, and, and, you know, this medicine, advanced medicine we do, is also known as uh, Medical Rewind. If you go to medicalrewind.com, you can, you can find access to directly a lot of the great hours, hundreds of hours, in fact, with Dr. Batar and I talking about these great, great topics in ways you never hear in the mainstream media. Uh, we were just talking about the, the, the backstory behind why people were like into human growth hormone, for instance. You know, synthetic analogs. They isolate one thing and say, hey, it's the greatest thing. And then you try it and you're like, well, it was good in somewhere, but oh my gosh, increasing cancers. I just had a call from a buddy of mine, Hollywood celebrity, will remain unnamed. And he said, uh, yeah, I was doing this uh, uh, HGH thing or and for a little while it was good, but then I lost my sex drive. I'm like, he was bummed out. I'm like, dude. I, didn't I tell you? I told you not to do that. And he's like, yeah, I know, but now I want to re- I want to shift. I, want, I stopped. I stopped and because you know, his DHEA levels went through the roof. And I said, we need to rebalance it. So I got him on homeopathic formula. It, it worked with his pituitary, adrenals, hypothalamus, thyroid. And he said, what did you, what's in that? Two weeks later, he's like, my sex drive is back. I'm like, okay, I knew this was going to happen, but this is the kind of thing when we shift back to your own body's innate intelligence, give the body what it needs, remove what it doesn't, what happens? Dr. Batar, are you still with me? Patrick, do we have Dr. Batar? Do we lose him? No, I'm, I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Now I can hear you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, anyway, no, I, so I'm I, just sharing that story real quickly because it was just a classic example of what you were relating. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those things that, as you said, when you allow the body's own innate intelligence to take over and you give it, you give the body what it needs and you take away the things that are blocking the pathways from working correctly, it's amazing what the body can do. And this is where the problem lies. We end up with our human logic thinking that we can extract the active ingredient of a plant or a food or something and then think that we can give the full benefit. And, and many times forgetting that it's not the exercise pill that's going to make the difference. It's the actual physiological cascade of the thousands of reactions that take place when you exercise that's going to give you the benefit. And so... Right. Many of these truths are, these innate truths, they're simple, but we have to, we forget how simple they are. Um, and really, Robert, not to, not to get off topic, but that's the whole purpose of, the, of my book, the nine steps. I mean, mm-hmm. think about it, those nine steps there, you know, the book is told, the, story, the stories in the book tell it in a different way, but they're all simple truths that anybody can do. Except the ninth Indeed. step is the one thing that can't be done. Um, by yourself, but the point is that you, anybody can do those things. So, um, coming back to the fireside story, uh, where were we? Were we in Rudman? We talked about Rudman, right? 
Well, you, you had mentioned to me on the break that there was a friend that came to you also with a similar circumstance. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We had, actually, I had a very, very similar story as the one with your uh, celebrity friend. Um, this guy is very well known. I won't say his name for privacy purposes. He's been a patient of mine for many years. Um, uh, he's a CEO of a, of a multi-billion dollar company and uh, basically had stopped coming for a couple of years, and, but still friends, you know, talk all the time. And um, then I, I ran into him, and he told me, he said, you know, I'm, I'm having that problem that I saw you for about eight years ago, and uh, it was a regurgitation issue, and uh, we came to the clinic, and we worked him up, and I basically told him, you know, he, and, and knew what his issue was, and we got him straightened out. But he told me, you know, he's looking good, he's feeling good, he's been doing these androgen injections, uh, testosterone injections, um, and you know, everything's good, but his drive wasn't quite there. And the mm-hmm. same type of thing. You know, it wasn't growth hormone, but you know, it's a very similar component. So let's talk about similarity of any type of hormone. This is one reason that Chapter 11 of the book talks about not using any type of end hormone. Why? Because the body has a mechanism of monitoring these various levels of hormones. And this is where our hypothalamus comes in and our, and our pituitary comes in. Think of the pituitary as the gland that makes these things, and think of the hypothalamus as the regulatory body. So now you have certain levels of hormones. Well, these hormones are supposed to be in a certain balance. As soon as you start giving the body more of this, thinking that because the doctors do a test and they see, oh, your free testosterone or bound testosterone, whatever, is, is low, they start giving you more testosterone. Nobody asks the vital question, why the hell is it low in the first place? Okay? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They start giving it to you. But now the, there's a problem with that, and we'll talk about what that problem is, is here in a moment. Yeah, by the way, page 221. Yeah, page 221 of the Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. Uh, subchapter, topic title, Hormonal Havoc. That's what we're talking about here. Correcting it is what we'll do. After this break, check out the links at robertscottbell.com, as well as, of course, medicalrewind.com. If you miss a show, you can get them there. We'll be right back. Who'd you say that masked man was? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Robert Scott Bell. Here I come to save the day. Taking on bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom. Here's Robert. Uh, yeah, it might be two hours a day, six days a week, but we really rock out advanced medicine. Every Monday here with Dr. Rasha Bittar talking about the issue of longevity and articles stimulated my interest in how they want to suppress certain genes expression and then they acknowledge epigenetics, behavioral shifts, dietary shifts doing it. So what's the point of engineering it? And then Dr. Bittar brings up the fact that uh, they synthetically isolate, you know, and they, they get synthetic analogs of isolates from extracts from plants, for instance, or duplicate these hormones and go, hey, that's the answer, right? Is it? No, it's a disaster. And we correct that often. And, of course, where do we go? How do we put it all back together? I mean, the body knows what to do. As you said, we got to get the things out of the way that are in the way, and we got to give the body what it needs, and it has the knowledge, the intelligence to do it. Actually, Robert, and the disaster part is really created because of the man factor, because man pretty much gets into the middle stuff and mucks everything up. And... In fact, that's my whole basis of my nutrition program. If it's man-made, you know, it's madness. Stay away from it. If it's God-made, that's good. Consumer. So we, as as a species, screw things up, and, and this is no different when we start isolating different 
hormones and giving them to people. So when you start giving a hormone, and this is a principle, whether it's uh, uh, testosterone or whatever it is, uh, the human growth hormone, any kind of hormone, <clears throat> and this really goes not only just to hormones but other components as well. Think of this as a mountain with a stream that's running down the mountain, and the source of the stream is, is, is a spring at the top of that mountain. Well, everything starts at the top of the mountain and comes downhill, okay? And at the bottom, when it reaches the bottom, that, that is our end goal. That's where the hormone that we want, the, the response that we want from that hormone is, is when the water gets down to the bottom of this uh, mountain. Now, you can create a dam, and if you create that dam, it's going to get the water uh, collect up like in the lake. And that's one of the problems that happens at these moments when, when you don't allow for the process to continue uh, flowing downstream. So you end up having a overabundance of a certain hormone, which causes a relative deficiency of other hormones because this particular hormone that's gotten dammed up is getting accumulated or is getting bigger. So whenever you deal with any type of hormone or any type of, of what I call... Um, end user or, or, or end target tissue substance, the hormones are the best analogy to look at. You need to make sure that you don't create one of these dam issues and cause a relative uh, imbalance. So what am I referring to here? I'm referring to the inhibitory feedback loops. The ultimate engineer, the creator, designed our systems to have these feedback mechanisms in place so that if something's too low, the body adjusts it to go higher, and if something's too high, the body adjusts to go lower. The body has its own mechanisms to make sure everything's balanced and correctly. So it's a very, very intricate and very in-depth method, and it's perfect. It works. The only reason it doesn't work is if we muck it up by putting toxicities into our systems and the body's not working correctly now because the pathways that are disturbed or because there's too much of one of these substances introduced, i.e. a hormone because somebody thinks that you're low in growth hormone or you're low in testosterone or whatever the case may be. So these are the issues at play here. Now, when I say the negative inhibitory feedback loop is initiated, I mean that when you put in an extra hormone and the dam's up at the bottom of the mountain, it elicits a negative, meaning undesired, inhibitory. Inhibitory means blocking a negative inhibitory feedback loop because the system says, uh-oh, too much accumulation of testosterone or too much testosterone in the body because it seems it's monitoring the testosterone level, right? So, Robert, think of it this way. We inject a person with testosterone, hypothalamus, right? says, uh-oh, testosterone levels are going up. Even though the doctor measures the testosterone as being low, the hypothalamus sees an overabundance of testosterone. So what does the hypothalamus tell the body to do using the negative inhibitory feedback loop? Are you asking me? Yeah. Just, <laughs> if, yeah if you're I'm starting not. to put it in externally, it's going to say, just stop producing it altogether. The body, that's exactly what the body says. The body says, uh-oh. More hormone coming in than we need. So the body's own natural supply that it's producing is going to be down-regulated so that it, the body's trying to equilibrate everything. It's trying to make it go into balance. So you're <clears throat> injecting this hormone into your body. You're taking it or however you're doing it, inhaling it or smoking it, whatever you're doing with it. When you take it into the body, the body says, oh, it's too much. The body's going to balance it. So what does the body do? It shuts off whatever it can control, which is its own natural body supply. Perfect example is bodybuilders taking testosterone. They inject themselves, they inject themselves, they inject themselves. The body says, uh-oh, too much testosterone, shut down the natural supply of testosterone. Trying to, all the body's trying to do is rebalance it. So what happens to those organs that naturally make testosterone in a bodybuilder, i.e. the testicles? They mm -hmm. shrivel off. 
The shiver yep. is cause of atrophy because it's not being used anymore. Why is it being used? Because the body is trying to regulate the system and say, uh-oh, too much testosterone levels. We need to slow down our production. It just so happens that testicles in men produce the most testosterone. They are the organs that make testosterone, but that's the first place it shuts down the testicles to prevent an overabundance of the androgen of, of the testosterone, and that causes atrophy. And this hmm. is the same problem that you see with any kind of end hormone. That's one reason I'm so against the use of any hormones, because we, thinking doctors know what they're doing, which they don't. If you haven't figured that out by now, you know, listen to some more <laughs> of our shows, because we as a profession don't know what's going on. If we did, we wouldn't have words like iatrogenic, okay, which means doctor-induced. So we, as doctors, don't know what's going on. We measure something, we see it, and our logic, by seeing something that's there, oh, this is a high level, so it must be too much. Oh, this is a low level, so it's not enough. Oh, every time I see a fire, I see fire engines. Therefore, I conclude that fire engines cause fires. This is the logic that we use as doctors. And this is a fallacy. You know that fire engines don't cause fires, but we have a direct correlation we see. Fire engines fire, therefore fire engines must cause fires. Hmm. That's how it works. So what right. we do is we start giving the body these hormones because we see the level being low. And what we do is we cause an atrophy to occur. So now so when, the, when you start to go off the hormone, for example, steroids, okay, cortisol, for example, when they put people on prednisone, that's one of the biggest problems. It causes suppression of the immune system and all these other things. But then when you try to take the person off the steroids, they can't because the adrenal glands that normally make the stress hormones are now in atrophy. They can't produce those steroids because of lack of use. What you don't use, you're going to lose. Just like your arm in a cast, you don't use it for six weeks, you take it out, it's atrophy. It's thin. It doesn't even look like it belongs in your body. Mm. Robert, am I really talking this fast for this long? You, you oh are God, on fire. You are on fire. Hold on. We've got somebody that wants to interrupt here. Hi, I used to be scrawny like a beanpole. Now I'm big as a house and I could bench press a minivan. I went to my doctor, he gave me testosterone injections. But now my testes are so small, a squirrel can't even find them. This must be tied. <laughs> <laughs> I must have been tied a previous life. What was that? Who was that? <laughs> Super Don, was that you? Oh, you know, archives are such a blessing. You can go back and you can pull audio from them and do all kinds of fun things with stuff that Robert Scott Bell says. I know. What, what are you looking at me for? I did. Look, look uh, Dr. Batar's waxing poetic on this topic. It's fantastic. It's the it's the missing link, because how many doctors prescribe this stuff to say, well, you need it because it's low. And what happens? That's exactly what happened. A squirrel can't find your nuts. <laughs> All righty then. I'm just saying, we got to balance it out, right? The, the natural order of the universe has come back into play here. Oh, man, but I tell you what, Dr. Batar, it is a challenge because so many people have been hypnotized by the medical profession. We've seen that. They are the ones that know, but they really aren't the ones that know. But unfortunately, the people have deferred their ability to know to those that are supposed to know, so nobody knows. Well, we know. That's why we get to do advanced medicine each week. Can you, could you do that again? Could you actually say that again? That's like, how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck <laughs> not, even, not even if I had it scripted. I have no earthly idea where I just went. But I'm just, I'm just loving the information. I, and I want to just, again, an unabashed, uh, shameless plug for my good buddy, Dr. Batar's book, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away, especially if you're a new listener. We get lots of new listeners all of the time, especially now there's a big rally going on at the uh, CDC coming up the 24th and 25th of this month. 
uh, a couple of weeks or, l- or less from now about the whole CDC whistleblower issue. And I'm telling you, Dr. Batar, I don't know if you can make it there, but I can try and connect you with the people that are putting it on. Uh, Tony Mohammed, the guy from uh, Nation of Islam, they, they acknowledged the role of vaccines, the danger of vaccines, on uh, the CDC whistleblower at that Million Man March uh, 20th or 25th anniversary last week. So there's a lot more people realizing what's going on now. Oh, man, if I had known that, Robert, I could have probably probably arranged that. Um, my son and I have to be in Washington, D.C. We're becoming certified instructors in martial arts. We were just, that's a pretty big honor, and they, I couldn't turn that down. So, um, unfortunately, I won't be able to be there. But um, that is a very, very important thing, and I, hopefully anybody that is able to go there can go and lend support. I think this issue with the CDC, it's going <clears> to <throat> get more prevalent as people become aware of it thanks to you talking about it and other sources of media that are willing to talk about this because obviously mainstream isn't talking about it mainstream media is missing not i think they're doing it intentionally not not bringing it up this is one of the most crucial things in history that you know we need to deal with right now Oh, indeed. And, and I think next week, if, if all goes according to plan, I'll be in uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul for the United States Health Freedom Congress. And I'm hoping that we're going to be joined by Brian Hooker, Ph.D., who's keynoting that event uh, and our next advanced medicine uh, next week. So I'm very excited about that uh, as we're prepping for it. That's awesome. Um, I, I hope, I'm hoping that I'll be uh, talking with actually Brian here in the next uh, week or two. Um, related to that topic, but um, anyway, not to we, we're digressing like we usually do, Robert, from, from <laughs> our topic. Or you know, you know how we are, like oh, squirrel fly. We see something. <laughs> well, I did bring up squirrels. That's true. You did looking for their nuts. Yes, and so I think we should probably <laughs> we should probably go back to to that topic. And I I needed a breath, and I didn't even know where I was at that point. But uh, the point that the the last thing we were talking about was a negative inventory feedback loop. Yes, and uh, and the importance of not violating that because that is the body's own safety mechanism designed by the ultimate engineer to make sure that we don't drive hormones up or and, and beyond a certain level. So the hypothalamus is that regulatory body's measuring and monitoring those levels of hormones, and if something's too high or too low, it then adjusts, and it adjusts it by regulating your body's own supply. You can't the hypothalamus can't control how much is being injected into the body, right? So it only can only control what it can control, the organs of secretion like the pituitary, the testicles, whatever, you know, the, the adrenals. So it'll actually manipulate those organs and reduce their output in order to compensate for the iatrogenic aspect, the, the doctor-induced aspect. And so that's right. where the problem lies, and that's what we have to be very careful about. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break here. We're going to see what the squirrel finds. Super Don will report back to us on that. (laughs) And we'll be wrapping up advanced medicine with all kinds of rebalancing and shifting those hormones the way the innate intelligence your body has. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Making sense out of medical propaganda. Here's Robert. So the takeaway message this hour, Dr. Batar, is if you've got like too much testosterone because the doctor injected it, rush out to that same doctor and say, doctor, inject me with some estrogen, right, to balance it out. Is that what we learned? Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, basically oh. we wanna we wanna basically stay away from any doctor that's injecting anything into any part of your body that's hormonally related. And the mm-hmm. real simple reason is that I, I, I cannot 
I cannot give you any single reason why anybody should be injected with any kind of... Okay, let me take that back. There is one reason. If you are a victim of trauma, of multi-organ system failure, and you're in a surgical intensive care unit, and your body is under that much duress, and you're intubated, yes, then you may need a bolus of steroids just to keep your body from from shutting down. And it's, mm-hmm. it, yes, it is going to cause immunosuppression. Yes, it's going to have some problems, but this is usually something that is critical, life and death, you know, and, and that's the only time that I can see justifying it, and that's only one or two doses till the body is able to start to, you know, come back online. It's not something right. that's given for for the next 60 days or 90 days. It's done with, you know, one or two days. So that's the only reason. So that's without that, there should mm-hmm. be no reason for anybody injecting you with a hormone. So shifting back again, go back to the nine steps to keep the doctor away. As we mentioned, you know, talking about balancing the hormones by working with your body's own innate intelligence. That's why, of course, I love homeopathy and what it can do to help gently or shift or, you know, kind of nudge the body back in the direction it was supposed to be before it was corrupted due to, uh, well, injections of these synthetic analogs, for instance. And even to some degree, uh, these botanical infusions through the skin might impact as well on the feedback loop. That's exactly right. And the homeopathic, for example, they're, they're working on, on a different mechanism. Homeopathics, and I'll let you talk about this, Robert, because you know obviously a lot more than I do about the subject, but on, when you're dealing with the homeopathic, you know, do you like that I said that you know more about the subject, but I continue talking about it? You know what? I, I'm happy that you're talking about it because I, can, I, I was talking about it all last weekend at the homeoprophylaxis seminar, so I'm good. You carry on. Okay. Well, with the homeopathic, the reason they don't elicit the same type of responses because, one, they're minuscule dose, and it's actually working from a signaling perspective as opposed to a volume or dose perspective. Mm-hmm. And that signaling perspective is exactly what we're talking about. This is why the hypothalamus pituitary um, balance, this is one reason I was talking about the inhibitory feedback loops. We wa- it's all about the signaling. We don't want to override the signaling. And what homeopathics do is they allow a subtle message to signal without ever being counterproductive to the actual balance issue. In other words, if you have a balance issue that's one extreme and you give the wrong homeopathic remedy for that balance, that's not, the, that's not an issue. So meaning you, you want to deal with A, but you give the wrong homeopathic and you give it some B, all it's going to do is it's going to give a signal to the body to respond and the body's going to say, oh, I don't need this, and it's not going to, it's not going to create a problem. Whereas when you're giving the hormone, it doesn't matter. You're superseding the signaling mm-hmm. pathway. You're overriding. You're exactly. You're overriding it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what you don't want to do. Honorary homeopath, my friend. Well done. Well said. <laughs> Thank you. Now, oh, it, I like the, that. The, honorary homeopath. I, I like that. Yeah. And now, the, the, the flame retardant issue, and we, we almost are out of time, a minute or so, but I want to rec- uh, cover this. Do flame retardants cause attention problems in children? I'd like to say this is a moment of duh. It causes a lot more problems than that. But there are impacts on the endocrine system as well. And we can apply a homeopathic dose, if you will, of these nasty toxins to stimulate uh, a signaling, as you said, of the body to say, hey, alert, alert, let's look at that, see what you can do to bind and excrete in addition to other things we would facilitate those pathways of elimination open wide again. Yep, absolutely, and it's actually going to cause other types of effects, just like mercury will cause not only ADD, ADHD, autism spectrum, pervasive developmental delay. These flame retardant components, they have those persistent organic pollutants, and they also have some 
heavy metal components, but it's the persistent organic gluten components, and they're the second toxicity that they have the, such a high level of concentration. So you, you're going to end up creating a lot of problems. It's the same thing with some of those uh, mattresses, those memory mattresses, Robert. They also have mm-hmm. the same types of components. Yeah, so it's a, it's a good thing, as we've said, uh, homeopathically, to occasionally go through a detox mechanism uh, with homeopathic signaling because we know we're all being exposed to varying degrees. Some you can identify greater, some lesser, but we can rebalance safely without altering uh, externally uh, the, the, the imbalance, if you will, or making it worse. So, Dr. Batar, what an episode. Great advanced medicine, my friend. It went really fast. Like, it usually goes fast, but it seems like it went faster. We just did the time warp, my friend. We're out of time, but there's a lot more healing to go, and we're going to continue on. And next week, hopefully, Brian Hooker with us, because the power to heal is yours. The Robert Scott Bell Show.